If you're unfamiliar with Winnipeg's hypernation, you're missing out on one of the city's best-kept secrets. The group is an eclectic Polish-Canadian crew that covers a wide range of genres, from electronic, to rock, to reggae, to dub, and beyond. They're part of the larger Hyper Records family, which includes Zoroastrofari, Hypernation, Julian Berger, and Macaron. Hypernation has just released a brand new single, which you're hearing in the background here, and it's a collaboration with Simon Says and Joe Silva. To find out more information about the group and about Hyper Records, please visit hyperrecords.com. This episode of Which Please Radio is my conversation with local folk duo The New Customs, who are set to release their brand new LP, Selling Religion on Government Street, early next month. We hung out in a donut shop and talked about the record, talked a bit about the band's history, about their unique take on songwriting and the way they define their sound, as well as folk music in general and what makes a folk song, the political purposes behind folk music, as well as the storytelling elements, and a lot more. It's a great record that's a culmination of a lot of hard work by the duo, and it's a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm in Tim Hortons um, again. <laughs> I, I for a while I was going to Robas Donuts all the time, and it wasn't on purpose. It was just for whatever reason it seemed like a place people could meet. And then one day I went to a Robins to do an interview, and it was closed. And it was just suddenly closed out of nowhere. So we came here, and this has kind of been now an alternate spot, other than like the food court and people's backyards and you know rooftops or whatever. But well, this is never closed. It doesn't, so it's, it's kind of good, right? It's, Additionally, quite scenic. As you pull up in the darkness of the Winnipeg early, early um, fall, I'm not going to call this summer anymore. It's not warm enough. No, it's technically, I'm wearing a sweater. It's not, right. Yeah, yeah. Sweaters are us. So yeah. now it's fall. I'm drinking pumpkin spice, the anything. <laughs> so it's fall. It's officially fall, yeah. But there's this beautiful set of lights uh, by the airport yes. sort of leading us into the interview with you um, and directly to your, to your home studio. Yeah, so right. <laughs> My second home. So okay. I think maybe the best way to, to formally start this is if you want to identify yourselves and what you do in the group and then people can put a name to the voice. I know there's only two of you, but... Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. Do you want to throw our voices and pretend to be more people? Uh, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Emma Cloney and I am, uh, I'm not the lead singer, I'm one of the singers uh, in the New Customs as well as a guitar player and I modify my instrument to make bass noises. Cool. I'm Dale, I sing and uh, play fiddle and mandolin and percussion in the New Customs. Yeah, so there's two of us cool. and rather than throw our voices we'll just identify that because we do lots yourself. of things yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. so it, it's funny because like over the course of doing I've been doing this for almost seven years now or maybe more like just every you know, interviewing artists every week and I've had a lot of people on the show who self-identify as folk artists and I think that in many cases they are more so singer-songwriters or they fall into the roots category or the various offshoots of country and everything else but you guys are like folk folk <laughs> you know if you're listening to your stuff I mean I don't know how to say that other than like bold-faced the word folk 
eat it with my voice. Um, we're, yeah, we're I'll, not ashamed I'll, of it. Well, no, I don't mean it in a bad way either. It's I'll like, happily take that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud of the F word, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know what? People have a lot of misconceptions about folk music. I think they do, yeah. And we very recently experienced this at a show, not okay. even a few days ago, where um, a self-proclaimed metal fan <laughs> came up to us at an outdoor gig wrapped in a blanket, so he basically looked like a caterpillar, okay. and said, um, sort of ashamed of himself, um, oh my god, I think I love folk music. <laughs> and to which we responded... Excellent. That was the plan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and he spent the rest of the night in some sort of existential blanket crisis, <laughs> where he was like, like questioning his metal. He's like, or? he just yeah, he couldn't understand. He's like, have I liked folk my whole life? Right. And so I, I think it's funny because a lot of people have this sort of dirty word connotation yeah, around yeah. folk music. They think like barefoot hippies, like yeah, right. Yeah. And you can have that, but that's not necessarily what folk is. Right. I don't know um, for the rest of us, but from my viewpoint, folk music is simply where you take the stories that are relatable to other people sure. and you put them to words that other people could share, and that way that the music and the sound and the message can be disseminated. Right. And right. that can go to any beat, to any rhythm, and with any amount of funk that you want, sure. it's still folk. Well, and every country has its own folk music, too. So I mean, totally. you, you get folk music from somewhere in Africa, it's going to sound completely different right. from right. what you're doing, but it still falls under that overarching sort of umbrella, right? Yeah, every country's record section's a little bit different. Like yeah. The folk music of, say, Africa is labeled world here. Of course, yeah. And but there it would be whatever... There yeah, it's yeah. folk music, yeah, yeah. because, you know, it's a song of the people. And here you can be folk, but you're just writing about your last breakup. Sure, sure, yeah. But we don't. We don't write about that. No, no, no. I'm just saying, but if you did, you could call that folk music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Okay, so because folk is such a... I don't want to say it's a confusing term because I mean, you seem to have a very clear definition of what it means to you, but it's sort of nebulous, right? Like, I mean, yeah. people can, someone could be basically like a punk playing punk rock songs and acoustic guitar and they could be like, oh, I'm a folk artist. Right. Or someone could be playing a hurdy-gurdy and they're a folk artist. Like, how do you define the specific type of folk that, that the two of you do? If you have to be forced, if you're forced to put a, like a specific sub-genre label on it. So you're asking specifically, like, how do we define yeah, our do, music? Yeah, yeah. Outside of, I mean, folk is the umbrella term, right? Yeah. But then within that, how, what do you call it? Is there... So what we've done within that is we go by indie folk, mm -hmm. and indie gives us the creative license to be highly electrified, which sure. we are. Right, and some of your songs, you have a full band going on. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and actually most of the time that full band is us. Okay. Oh, cool. So it's yeah. just done through our pedals and through, um, you know, basically just the different sounds we make using our instruments awesome. through effects and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, I'd like to, to, I don't know, the folk part. Okay, so indie folk gives sure. us creative license. Yeah, yeah. I'm then, also trying to file you in my head too, right? Like, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, like, yeah. we'll try to fit in your pigeonhole if you want. Like, if you're into that. <laughs> we've uh, we've used the term an anthemic heart and an Americana backbone. Okay. Like, things that are kind of important is speaking to a bigger, a bigger sort of audience or issue than just yourself. Trying okay. to find, you know things that are relatable to everyone rather than or, just a breakup song rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. a breakup song yeah. ideally sing-alongable choruses like the a little bit earwormy okay but still kind of retaining that tradition of like you know knowing where your music came from like be it UK or you know traditional folk songs sure kind of building on that okay, okay. yeah we blend like traditional sounds, so like lots of times people will say, "Oh, your music sounds very Celtic." Yeah, yeah, sure. In some way, but it's very, it's a really interesting mix on where you would get that sort of Celtic notions. It's, it comes from sort of like how we grew up and the music we've listened to, and then we blend that into a much more mainstream sound. Okay. Um, I don't know. We just make our music. I don't know. The goal was always to sort of like just take elements of the artists that we like, see how much of that we can bring in 
in a very authentic way to a two-person stage situation. Sure. So filtering those influences all together through the two of you. Right. Yeah, yeah. and know. because we came from such different influences. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's a good kind of segue here. Like, what, what, what kind of backgrounds do the two of you have musically? Whoever wants to start. Well, you mentioned you mentioned you know the uh, the punk singer yeah. who plays an acoustic guitarist, for example, Frank Turner. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think he's very well considered a folk singer at this point too. Like, I mean, despite I mean, the punk yeah, fan base, yeah, like the folk rock genre, but he yeah, can yeah. play a rock festival or he can play a folk festival, like or he can open for a hardcore band, or it can absolutely yeah. open for a hardcore band. And so, I've always appreciated artists like that that have like a really good sense of drive and rhythm, be it a slow song or a fast yeah, sure. song, but like. Just sort of a really good feel, like head bombing artists. I like UK writers in that they're very wordy and very particular about their word choices. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, some classic stuff like Oyster Band and newer guys like John Smith. Like, there's tons out there. And most things fiddle related will get my ears perked okay. up, just, okay. you know sort of being biased. How about you? <laughs> so my musical taste can be divided into three basic categories. Okay, you had this obviously thought this out before. Well, it's been brought to my attention. Okay, okay. So um, traditional influences like James Keelahan, Stan Rogers, and Lorena McKennett sort of okay. helped guide my songwriting style and the vocal style, actually, even though two of those songwriters are male. Sure, sure. Um, coupled with my immediate love for all things Irish music. Okay. And then thirdly, my desperate obsession with sad pop. Okay, okay. So there's this interesting sort of like detailed songwriting that uh, has lots of stories in it. Yeah. But then it goes to like much more contemporary beats and sounds. And sounds. And then incorporates this like sort of Celtic Irish feel over top of okay, it. So okay. that's where the hybrid comes in. And then we just found the middle ground to stand on naturally. Yeah, the, the acid test is one of us will write something and then say, could the other one sing it and still have this come okay. off, as a, off as authentic? Like on the new album, for example, I wrote the majority of the song Chasing Light, but Emma sings it because I think it was just a better delivery. But it has to be a song that anyone could sing around sure. a campfire and still feel like it's a part of that. Okay. I guess it's a pretty good Venn diagram of those, all the genres you mentioned. They, they, all, they all blend together, right? Like it's, they do under it's, that it's umbrella. Of, we talked about Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly don't want to spend the whole thing just talking about genres, but okay. it's, it's a great topic. There's, like, There's so many now. Everyone, everything has been split up into so many different subcategories that sure. and I love looking at the lineup of anything marked folk festival yeah, sure, and seeing yeah. what it means to those people and that community and it, it's so entirely different but it's fascinating I mean, yeah like you say you can have you know a band from Egypt next to a songwriter from Dolphin sure. next to a blues band yeah, and a country UK, artist and, and a country yeah, yeah, artist yeah, yeah. and you know it's um, it's a very forgiving and encompassing genre like everyone can hang out if yeah. you say you're folk and you kind of get accepted you're good right and I guess you pretty much whatever you do it can probably you can you can mold it to fit into folk music well you can and some of the interesting things that happens first for instance he mentioned the song Chasing Light yeah well that was our, our single that we just put out in anticipation of the new album right right and uh, we found that it was actually being played on um, folk pop and pop radio okay and that so was just strictly pop, like not, not even with the folk. Uh, the combination. There was a, there was a couple of stations that are playing it, but they've categorized it. And okay. I say they, I mean the global radio humans. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, are playing it under the under the, the, the title of folk pop, cool. and so it really opened up a lot of um, basically a whole new listenership for us. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Just simply yeah. because what we wrote and how it sounds uh, is inc- becoming increasingly more mainstream. 
Which doesn't mean watered down. No, no. It's just, pe- people are more attuned to it, I guess. I've been listening to a lot of pop music. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing. Sad boy pop specifically. Is that ble- I mean, is that bleeding into your songwriting enough that that's what's happening? Like it's becoming the ingredients that you take in are is what you're gonna put out. Yeah, of course, so yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of it becomes like you know the songs that end up on my constant rotation and playlist that become earwormy to me. Yeah. Find their find keynotes that go throughout okay. the songwriting okay. that inspires. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, sure. I try and be careful about that. Even going into an album, like you know, if you think about an athlete, like they put good things in so they can put out a good performance. Sure. So Especially when we're in a writing phase, I try and be really careful with who I'm listening to, what okay. I listen okay. to. Like, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Try and have like a really good selection. Sound diet. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Because you are going to put out what you take. Yeah, it's going to influence you whether you want it to or not, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Hot streets, bald tires, snowy mountains, and forest fires, a gravel shoulder. Gravel voice, a good decision for a bad choice. Easy driving, headed west, when a couple guys in orange vests say the road's closed up ahead. Turn around as the sky turns red. Hairpin turns and shifting gears. Helicopters and bombardiers. Twenty miles from Invermere We played the Ironwood Night before Had to sleep on the sound guy's floor Just give me one Easy day Things don't always go that way Mountain evacuees Now valley bound Refugees Single lane packed up For days Can't see the mountains for the haze Heaven turns shifting gears Helicopters and bombardiers I don't think we're getting out of here The British Columbia Highway Authority is advising against travel on highways 93 and 95 Yet another forest fire has broken out and authorities are suspecting an arsonist Finding poetry in highway signs Another story from the road Another town, another show Taking songs as souvenirs Helicopters and bombardiers Another town, another show 
when I was uh, I was talking to Del Barber earlier today, and this is something that kind of I think has come up a lot with people in anything under that folk umbrella that I've had on the show is that people in Manitoba specifically tend to be really appreciative of, of honesty and genuine when it comes to lyrics especially they want to hear something that seems real and I think we have a pretty good bullshit detector in this province like because yep. I, don't, I don't know why but mm. it, it seems like a really strong kind of element of being a musician in Manitoba is that people they, they notice if you're fake and they, they call it out right away and they move on to the next guy or whatever mm. like do you, do you feel like that's something that's, that, that is a, sort of an important element of the folk scene here is just that genuineness I really do I mean I think it comes from you know when you travel you get a sense of where everyone's musical tastes are at but I think Manitoba's sort of known as a very blue collar province yeah, yeah. like we're, we're a province you can sit around and have a coffee with or a beer and, or a beer with yeah. <laughs> you know you gotta have standards <laughs> But but I find in blue collar areas they really tend to appreciate that straightforward honesty. Yeah. Like you you can write you can write a fictional story but it needs to be understandable and and conceivable. Sure. Like it needs to get, reflect something in your own experience. Exactly. Yeah. Like it needs to ring true because okay. the bullshit detector is very real. Yeah, and, and like it seems like here more than a lot of other places too. It's people pick it up right away yeah like, absolutely here yeah. and um, the east coast okay yeah. I can see that yeah yeah the east yeah, coast that makes sense. is wicked on like if you're not if you're not putting out who you are stop yeah and rethinking everything you're doing I think the reason that that happens in Winnipeg is because if you've ever been in a venue in Winnipeg as an artist, yeah. you'll know the, you know all the artists who aren't playing because they're the ones sure. standing at the very back of the room with their arms and crossed, watching, yeah, yeah. watching intently. One hundred percent, yeah. But like with grumpy looks on their face, because I guess that's just what we do. It is, yeah. Um, but I think what it is is that if your lyrics aren't strong, if your lyrics aren't genuine and they're not relatable, yeah. then what I think is going to happen is anybody could write a musically perfect song in this town. Sure, sure. Right? Because yeah. the standard is very high here. It is. And but, there's a lot of musicians and here, too. there's a ton of musicians. Yeah. In fact, the highest per capita in Canada yeah, are that's, professional that's musicians. Yeah, not surprising at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it has something to do with the fact that if your lyrics aren't reachable and genuine, or you just sort of write a, you know... Very generic song. Yeah. Your music could be great, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna reach it on through. Right? It's not yeah. gonna stand out. Yeah. And people want to know who this person on the other side of the song is. And I think that you rob your audience and yourself yeah. of an opportunity when you make what you think is commercial and palatable lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Instead of giving a piece of yourself, because all art is just a small piece of yourself that other people get to take for their own. And then it turns into whatever they make. Exactly. It. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, so, it's, I think that's why the lyrics are so important. That Personally, does, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, as a songwriter, I mean, as a singer, you know, often people say, "Oh, we love your voice. That's great." Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, "Okay, cool." But when someone compliments my lyrics, to me, that is the most genuine and appreciative thing yeah. that someone can do. That they took the time to actually hear the words and like, d- like define not just nod their head to it. Actually, yeah. pay attention to what. what yeah, you, that's yeah. my favorite compliment. Really. Well, on the flip side, in Winnipeg, the biggest sort of like shade I've heard thrown is the phrase I don't buy it yeah 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 yeah. people people can screw up a guitar solo or forget a verse or something like that but if you hear someone say I'm not buying it that's that's immediate shutdown and it's so hard to come back from that for sure because you're 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 labeled as as inauthentic right Yeah, yeah yeah It would be so much easier to write songs that weren't lyrically relevant. I mean, we could be turning out an album an hour. Sure, because you don't have to put that kind of thought into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know know what you mean, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if you're writing, like, gangster rap and you're from Winnipeg, you should be writing about, you know... A rough area in Winnipeg, not Compton. For absolutely, and that's that's if you're a good. You're writing metal from, you know, in Winnipeg. 
writing about snow is going to make sense. You know, yeah. people will be like, I get that, even if it's writing about the desert is maybe yeah, 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 yeah. But the, the rap thing is interesting because th that was kind of the first scene where I noticed that being a thing is where people would, you know, I had a lot of friends who were rappers in the late '90s, early 2000s. I would go to their shows, and you'd always see like the ten people performing, five of them pretending they're from New York or from California, and it was just. I mean, maybe they were technically talented, but it was bad. Like, and then you hear a guy rapping about being at Tim Hortons or something, or going through the snow, or with something very, very Manitoba, with their own accent, and it's like, this is great. It's immediate connection. Yeah, yeah. I prefer that. To just know it's 100%, real. Yeah, yeah. Just know it's real. And it yeah. might even be, I'll take real and bad. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, technically yeah. perfect. Yeah. But, like, you're not, you're not from Queens. Like, stop. Exactly, yeah. Be from yeah, be Brandon. From, or be you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because when people hear our sound, one of the things we've been told a bunch of times is you don't sound like you're from Winnipeg. Okay. And I was like, talk to me about what does Winnipeg sound like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, from what we've been told, Winnipeg has like a really um, sort of catchy, rootsy sound. Yeah, that and makes sense. And we sort of yeah. went to the other ocean. Like ours takes more of a east and even over to the UK. And sure. So that's, those are the, the parallels that get drawn. And maybe that's what I'm hearing with the bold-faced folk rather than mm -hmm. roots singer-songwriter yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, maybe it's just it's so unusual from what you hear because there's so much of the other stuff here yeah, maybe yeah. it is yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Roots is an entirely different thing but, like, I can't play guitar like that and it, you know, I love listening to it but that's not what'll drive me to a festival that's not what sure. I throw on in my car and so, you again, you write what you put in yeah, 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 for sure fresh face, my picture barely worn, my name tag still had the sheen. He walked right in and pushed right past, barely acknowledged me. But he knew the name of that new mom, Mrs. Generation Number 4. He delivered them with his two hands and then shuffled out the door. Before he reached the hallway, he turned back to ask my name. A daughter of the Emerald Isle, he proudly did proclaim. The sternness of the stranger that stood in front of me melted into smiles and the sounds of shuffling feet. It's been five years ago or more, but by his standards, I'm still new. He'd call to ask for the singing nurse and then offer me a tune. He'd quote the ballad of the white horse and say, the great gales of Ireland are the ones that God made mad, for all their wars were merry and all their songs were sad.
He made me promise that I would one day put those words inside a tomb. But the news that he'd passed suddenly left me reeling and consumed. The only words that came to mind were the ones that God made mad, for all their wars were merry, and all their songs were sad. I'll hold your spot at Shannon's, have a pint and raise a glass. The legendary stories told of you are the kind that are built to last. And I'll hold dear the memories of all the moments that we had. For all the wars you fought were merry, and all the songs you sang were sad. So your record is coming out when? The new one? October 4th, everywhere, online, etc. Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And October 3rd at the Park Theatres, the big release party. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then this is the third release for you? This is our third release, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we put out an EP when we first got together as a band, and that one we didn't have a party for. So if you're, okay. if you're like, how many parties have I attended right, with right. the new customs? <laughs> this will be two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting, though. Hey, is this the first full length? or is Second full length. Second full length. Uh, yeah. First full length was out in 2017 called All Walls Fall. Okay. Uh, which was obviously a jab at uh, some of the things happening down south. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, and the title of your, your current, the new one, has a very kind of, uh, well, okay, I, I guess maybe the thing about folk music too, whether it's boldface folk or singer-songwriter, whatever you're going to call it, is having that kind of almost reporting on what's happening and having a, a editorializing on, on current events, right? I mean, and that yeah. seems to be a very strong... You can definitely have folk that's just about rolling hills and whatever scenery, but I think it's like you were saying before, that kind of seems like something can maybe be turned out very quickly, you know, in an album an hour or something, yeah. right? Yeah. So how important is kind of having a message to what you're saying beyond just this is a song to me I find it really important because it kind of it time stamps your music sure in a very interesting way especially when you look back on it it makes it very authentic because you're obviously caring about what's happening right now yeah and it, it affects people people really care about this stuff True. I was so curious to hear what your interpretation okay. of our album title was. I was just like hanging on. I was like, I don't know whose interview this is. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more, good sir. No, uh, <laughs> well, it caught my attention for sure. Okay, well, you just tell people what the album title is. Before, right. so, okay, I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to get okay. one of the words wrong. The album title is Selling Religion on Government Street. Right. And go ahead with your eye. Okay, your, well. I got to know. First of all, that it was it's striking in the sense that this is maybe, it sounds like a punk album title. Honestly, it sounds like, Wicked. you know, because it's got, it's got, um, I mean, has the government reference, has the religion reference, both of them could be, depending how you read that, taken negatively. And that's kind of a hallmark of, of you know, punk rock, mm-hmm. uh, angry, angry music, which I don't, musically I don't think you're angry, but I think there's a potential in that kind of music to deliver a emotionally charged message without 
yelling. Mm-hmm. If that, that makes sense. Totally. And I mean, punk, punk and hip-hop took up where folks started. For sure they did. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely parallels there. The and protest element yeah, of it is, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. punks just figured in, figured out that they could be louder. Yeah. Which And, you know, then hip-hoppers figured out they could be louder than that. Yeah, for great. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the whole album title came from walking around in Victoria... Uh, two years ago, and they have a street in the downtown called Government Street. Okay, it's actually literally a street. Okay. It is actually a street. And so, when we were walking around, if you've, if you've ever been like around downtown Winnipeg or the highways, usually starting around now, you'll see a lot of people with cardboard signs sure. that say Victoria or Bus. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's because you can live there year-round without having to live inside. Yeah. So Victoria's like flush with ten cities, and there's really kind of two levels of the population. Okay. There's like the level that people don't see. You don't make eye contact with the people with dogs and khaki pants and face yeah, tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we got to the end of Government Street, there was two young gentlemen in short sleeve white sh- collared shirts with the name tags yeah, yeah. you know tell them the good word to the, to all the people and, yeah, to yeah, all yeah. the people and right more specifically <laughs> to people with money in their pockets right and to all the people who were pretending that they couldn't see the entire transit okay see I was thinking that maybe they were selling it no. to the transit pump but no that's no, not no. This, no, this, were, that doesn't were, benefit them right yeah yeah, yeah yeah these were our flockless street preachers okay, this okay. was this was like you know basically this was me mouthing off Okay. To be perfectly sure, honest. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So we'd made it all the way through down Government Street, and we were just trying to take in the city. Yeah. And I was really frustrated by the fact that no one was making eye contact with people who were transient. Yeah. Or who were panhandling. And instead, everyone kept their eye up at the level of looking at tourists. Okay. And then there were these people who were offering the good sentiments from, you right. know, <laughs> up on high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of paying attention to the fact that there were people who were very much in need around them, they were trying to get the attention of tourists who had money. And directly behind them was a family sitting against the side of the building, holding a sign saying, hungry, anything helps. Wow. So I had kept it to myself. That's a photo right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kept it to myself about till that point. Okay. And I got mouthy. And I wanted... Do you know when you sometimes say something loud enough so the person yep. across from you can hear it, I've but you're speaking to the person yep, next yep. to you? It's very passive-aggressive. It works. So I just said, oh, look, Dale, they're selling religion on Government Street. Okay. And then I walked, and that was it. Yeah. And I was really hoping that they'd heard me. And then Dale, you know, Dale, like, reacted to it. And, you know, normally we just sort of say flippant things and wander sure, away. Sure, sure. And instead, he was he was just, you know, are you just going to leave that there? And I thought, oh my God, we're going to throw down with an argument now about, like, do I have a problem with religion? Which yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not what I was saying. I have a problem with hypocrisy. Sure, yeah. No. So, and he said, no, that's, that's songwriting gold. <laughs> it is a good title, for sure, yeah, so yeah. So, we didn't set out to, like, have an album with such a strong title. Right. But once you've written a song with that name, with selling religion on government streets... You don't street, want to bury that name, in the middle, yeah. What are yeah. you going to call your album? Yeah. Like, Dreamer? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, the, the whole idea behind the song is not to call anything out except that idea of there being an us and a them. Sure, sure. And, I mean, you know, folk artists have been singing about this for centuries, the idea that, like, if you divide people, you can more easily sort of, like, separate them and let them kind of squabble amongst yep. themselves. Yes, for sure. Whereas, you know, it doesn't matter who you voted for or if you meet, meet or, like, you know, where in the country you live, we're all people. Yeah. We should all sort of work together, enjoy the same things yeah. that, uh, that we can all sort of, you know, group around and together with. The thing about it that really bothered me, to be perfectly honest, is that I realized that it's a very, very thin line 
between you know a couple of bad paychecks yeah and being anybody these, yeah. these are these are these are people this might be me this might be one of my kids this totally. could be anybody totally and it really it was just really shocking and it was a stark contrast to realize that your humanity became invisible the second that you were sitting on a sidewalk yeah yeah and that by itself was just it was a lot to take in and like i said by the time we made it to the end of government street i had just had enough yeah well especially with people who one would assume that their goal is to help people who are needy and poor and all these things. Right? Like, yeah, and that's, yeah. Right, and but just, they were selling religion yeah, in government yeah, They selling, weren't there to help. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's a great title. Thank you. Thank you. I will consider it as a, a one-off punk album yeah, yeah. in the future. Yeah. Next to the homeless with nothing to eat And the paper-lined pockets of the passers-by Everyone vying for a piece of the pie And the hardest working people are working for free And they're selling religion on government streets And the people pay rent on the places they haunt You can get what you need but not what you want And the beggars and the buskers compete And they're selling religion on government street Cities like this, they wear a Selling religion on government
Well, do you think that having that, I mean, because it's a strong statement, right? Whether people understand the backstory behind it. I mean, I didn't, but I was. Mm -hmm. all, but do you think it'll affect maybe who is picking up your record? I you say it, it on scene. No, someone's open, never heard you. Might. It probably will. But I mean, we all know there's tens of dollars to be made in folk yeah, music yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if we lose one or two, that's okay. But. You know, it's sort of don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, so sure, sure. If it gets around and those people go, oh, I was wrong about that album, great. If those people listen to Del Barber, great. Yeah. I would go a step beyond that. I really <laughs> right, would. Sure, sure. Okay, so in reality, if you see something in a headline that angers you, let's yep. say it's online or otherwise, are you more likely to spend time looking at that and engaging with it than you are if you see something palatable that just passes you right by? Yes. Okay, so I encourage you all to hate this. Okay, sure, sure. If you want to, get, to get angry about it and then look into it. Right. And then realize that the song is actually very empowering. But it's the opposite of clickbait because you actually have substance. It's substance the, bait. Right, right. <laughs> Like that. It's yeah, good, yeah, but yeah. no. In, in all sincerity, anyone who's going to get angry at it, you know, I invite that because then at least we're having a dialogue. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I almost didn't mean that whether someone gets someone getting angry about it, yeah. but more so like, are you going to appeal to like this, you know, super politically motivated audience that maybe wouldn't have heard you before because they wouldn't have put you in that category? I think we were already in that category. But do people put you in that like you know, would the average person who's maybe heard one of your songs, not that song, yeah. <laughs> realize that like you know, oh, it's a folk group, and then maybe this title kind of oh, this is something that maybe has a message I want to. It's it's funny like we. The reactions that we've had, because the album is now, but we've been playing that song sure. for a while. And one of the best reactions was from a gentleman named um, named John up in the Yukon. And John was originally from, like, deep Texas. Okay. He says, Christian is the day is long. And, like, big bearded guy. Looks like he roadies for ZZ Top. Sure, sure. And we were talking before the show, and, like, I'm like... This is going to go one of two ways afterwards <laughs> if he still talks to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked out and he was singing every word. And he's like, That's man, awesome. man, I get it. Like, you're not saying anything about God or Jesus yeah, or, yeah. or me for thinking about them. You're saying that people should treat people like people. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it's a pretty good message. It's the message. Like, he took no offense. He, he got it. He listened. And not everyone will do that. And that's sure. fine. But some people will, and when you see, you know, Mr. Like, Jesus is my savior, singing, and they're selling religion on Government Street, yeah. you're like, I touched someone. Something I, worked, yeah. Yes. I was yeah. so nervous at that show, I, and I remember meeting him beforehand and thinking, oh yeah, this is going to get to the, they call it, it's a Donnybrook, they <laughs> started to do a fight on site, but no, it was just, it's great to see people's reactions. When we played it in, uh, in the West Coast a yep. couple months ago. Um, lots of people who had actually been buskers um, or street people okay. were at our shows and these are people who've now moved on in their lives and are right. no longer sitting and feeling invisible so they can and relate to that very well yeah and it, it just it translates from coast to coast and um, I'm really excited for people to hear it yeah, yeah. and the rest of the songs on the album because they're all quite diverse but they fit nicely into that package okay. that we put together cool. so cool. yeah and you like I mean you've talked a few times on here about playing shows on east coast west coast I was looking at your website and the amount of touring you guys are doing is ridiculous like it's, I mean, you, yeah. you, you kind of need to do it. Right? That's, that's, that's how I know. I understand. That's how you make money. That's how you get the word out of the music. But it's a lot. Like, well, yeah. I mean, we we hit the ground running. We started as a band because we had played one show together when we were in separate acts. Okay. And the next day, Emily was down at the office of Homerids, which is an organization that puts house concerts on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was talking to the uh, 
the recently late Mitch Padola. Right, yeah, yeah. And Mitch said, I hear you had a great show last night. And she goes, oh, thanks. He goes, why aren't you on a Homebirds tour? And she goes, I don't know. Why aren't I on a Homebirds <laughs> tour? You own this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Mitch pitches her a tour six months from when she was talking. And she's all excited. And he says, who are you going to tour with? And Emma blurts out, Dale Brown and I are a band. Okay. Now, Wait, well, you weren't a band? No, we weren't I had even no friends. Idea. But she booked, us, <laughs> awesome. she booked us a two-week tour to basically be our, like, our first show. Okay. And you had no idea this was happening? I had no, I woke up to a text message I had no message idea saying, this was happening. I woke up to like a Facebook message saying, call me as soon as you can. <laughs> I need to know if you're free for September. Not in September. Right, the whole month of September. September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, we just hit the ground running, and touring became kind of part of what we did. Like, we hit the road. We we don't play Winnipeg as much as I would like to, but... Is uh, it just because you're not here? Is it? It's yeah. mostly because we're not here, and we work at such a pace that it's like, if we book a show in Winnipeg, then we have to know that we're not touring at that time. Sure. And we just we keep moving too much, so it's it's nice to actually know that we're going to play in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, having the release show helps, I guess, because it, it's on the calendar, right? It's not, yeah. And we saved the release shows for Winnipeg. I mean, we had the option to release this album first in any of the cities in Canada. Sure, yeah, and Victoria yeah. would have been a really obvious choice, given the title. Absolutely, yeah. But um, there's something really special about a Winnipeg audience, and it isn't until you've toured in a lot of places that you start to realize how right. fantastic right. a hometown Winnipeg audience can be. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always nerve-wracking because, again, there's a million things happening every night that you're playing. It's crazy, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'd rather be in a place that's buzzing with this kind of yeah, music. Too much culture is better yeah. than no, not, yeah, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I will yeah, take all sure. the culture, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. No, it's, it's cool. I mean, uh, it's again, like having done 400 and something episodes of this show, I've talked to a lot of different people in different stages of success, if you want to call it, and different styles of music, different age groups, like, you know, anywhere from 18 to 70 or something. And, and like, people's takes on on what they need to do to get their music out is radically different. Like, there are some people who will stay at home, never play a show, even in Winnipeg, and just focus their all their energy on recording and releasing stuff. Then there's people who never leave tour, and it's, it, 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 it seems like now more than ever, there it's not really a set path to take no. as musicians because everything is so kind of wild west up in the air as to how to even make money and how to even where to put your music and where how to get people to hear it and it's just totally different depending I think the idea of if you're going into music to make money you're Bad going choice. at it wrong yeah, yeah, immediately yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. let me show you your options at the University of Manitoba yeah yeah <laughs> whereas if you go and you try and make connections any of them options that you mentioned is totally valid because they all work yeah. and you know you can you can release a video a day on YouTube and people will start to pick it up you can put as long as it's good even if it's not even if it's not it's true yeah, yeah that's a good point Rebecca yeah. Black's Friday was yeah, yeah. once the most watched video on YouTube which is terrible. insane yeah yeah. But, but if you go out and you're playing a show a night you're going to reach people If you, however you want to do it thinking you're in the music business is wrong you're in the people business you just might happen to carry a guitar sure, sure. and so that's an interesting way of make, it, yeah. make the connections and worry about the money and stuff like that later if you can if you can manage to pay your bills yeah, you're, you're ahead so, of a lot of people you're yeah, so yeah. far ahead yeah. no doubt put out two albums before they quit their jobs at Safeway yeah yeah, yeah. Like they were on mainstream radio which actually pays yeah yeah and then too in the 90s it would have paid you would have got more money than you would now like yeah. actual dollars yeah real money not 0. 0.008 cents yeah, yeah. you know a lot of people get into the, the topic of what the current landscape of the music yeah. industry looks like but I don't know 
in the last year, I've sort of had a little bit of an about face okay. on how I was feeling about it. So at first, yeah, I was feeling a little bit bitter about it, frustrated, you know, that the system's not working. Yeah. And then I realized that we, we have a great opportunity. There isn't an infrastructure, which means now we can literally find a way to do whatever it is we want. There aren't rules that we need to follow. People aren't looking at us going, well, you didn't do it the right sure, way. Sure. So, you know, you have to meet steps one through five before you can have this level of success. Success is simply the ability to keep doing this job, and I really enjoy this job. And we're now headed into our fourth year yeah. of consistently doing this and touring, and oh, it's an amazing experience. That's awesome. So I'm great with that. And uh, if people want to come out and appreciate the music, I always encourage them, download our stuff, do it. Yeah. Put it on Spotify, listen to it on iTunes. But if you really do like the music, buy a CD and throw yeah. it under your couch or give it away. There's t-shirts. There's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. for sure. But, yeah. but, you know, I think the only, like you say, there's no rules. And so I think the only time you're making a wrong move is if, if an artist tries talking with someone who has that preconceived notion of you can't make it without a record deal. Yeah. Just because there's so many people out there, you can just sidestep that person for sure. You can, yeah. Someone who's really interested in having you on the podcast that yeah. might reach 500 or 1,000 people, but but some of those people might like you. It's ten just, of those might come up to your show, and then ten yeah. of the people who go to the next thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a slow yeah. uptake, but yeah, it's incremental, right? But I mean, like you know, our stuff is on Spotify, and you can get you can just log in and see where people listen to your music. I don't know how we got to people in Spain or Germany listening to our music but I know that someone did That's cool, yeah. which is just neat to see yeah, it's, it's like, so cool it yeah. just kind of creeps around so yeah. the um, you know if anything you're more encouraged to put out more yeah yeah, or yeah. more and make those connections like it's, you can't be tool nowadays and wait 13 years before you put out an album no but you can unless you're tool unless <laughs> you're tool you can do yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> tool, tool was established and so if you're trying to establish yourself Put out everything, give everything away for free, and meet those people. Sure, sure. And they'll keep coming back and following you. That's the connection that makes an artist. However you do it. Yeah. What? I, l I love oh, the live music part of it. That's that's yeah, the yeah. thing. I mean, the streaming and the internet is, you know, whoop the internet. But like, <laughs> I actually really enjoy, you know, the folkiest part of what we do. Right, which is the with people. Which is the, yeah. the human part. Sure. Which is. You know, a lot of times we're in venues or putting on house concerts and we're reaching our audience 20, 30, 40, 50 people at a time in smaller venues and smaller places. Yeah. And those are the people who get to meet you and know you as a human. And I'd rather be making that kind of a connection right. than some sort of like very artificial... It's quality over quantity. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel I mean, the same way with the podcast too. I'd rather have... 10 people listening who actually care about the musicians being interviewed and want to go out to their shows and want to listen to more than just someone who just clicked on it because it was there and yeah. Yeah, it's like who cares about that yeah, yeah. sustainable yeah more yeah. sustainable yeah for sure yeah. that's interesting it's funny because there's some genres of music that I think have always operated under the current framework if you want to call it that yeah. where everything's been DIY everything's been because the mainstream thing just wasn't an option, right? So now everyone's sort of thrust into this thing, where I think I think folk music is one of the genres where that has been, it has has its own little. You can do it to people getting in the van and going off and playing a ton of shows without necessarily having a, a label behind you or any of that stuff. Where it, and punk rock, obviously hip hop, a lot of these genres have just worked on their own and yeah. now everyone's stuck there and it's kind of cool because everyone has to figure that out. It's quite an equalizer, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
almost every genre except for for whatever's pop to you, be it pop country or just normal pop sure. top 40. Sure. You have to be DIY and it makes you good at so many other things. Yeah. And, you know, I I feel sorry for the generation that thinks that a show like The Voice or something like that is how you make it. Yeah, and there's they, so many people like that though. Because yeah. it's great that you know how to sing and everyone else will want to get paid for everything else that you're not doing. Sure. Whereas, you know, there's bands out there folding their own CD covers. They're making belts out of batteries that yep. look like bullets. Yep. They're, they're doing, you know, they're printing their own magazines with their own fan base. That stuff... That stuff is awesome. That I love stuff, that stuff. And it, it, it retains. Yep. Like, it, it's important to you. Well, because you put you physically got involved in doing it. You didn't just type out a thing and hit send, right? You actually right. were... If, yeah. you ha- if you have a handmade shirt from a band that you saw, you're going to remember that. And, and you keep it. And you, you keep it. Yeah. And you cherish it. You'll frame it once there's no arms left. Yeah, exactly. Well, totally, yeah. 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 As someone who kind of hoards local music, like... I, I, I can completely relate to it. I have, I have a ridiculous amount of local tape, CDs, records, just from local bands over the years that I, I can't let go of because I don't, I don't, I don't use Spotify or any of those things. And in part, it's because I have a lot of stuff that just isn't on there. And so to me, it's like, well, I don't want to do this. I already have this. Like, and listen to it. Like, my tape player still works. So playing. And yeah. yeah, so it's but you a, cherish those things, like when you know the guy was in the CD or in the basement burning twenty yeah, CDs before right. the show. And there's only twenty that exist, and I have one of them. And to most people, that's garbage. But there's definitely certain people. Who that stuff is really important. I think those are the people that I want to spend time with. You know, people, people who can connect with that. Like the reason why this is valuable, rather than just oh, it sold a million copies. Well, that's great, but this thing that they made twenty copies of is probably even better. You just haven't heard it. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Those moments of discovery are really cool. For sure. Yeah. And that's not to say that the people who like make you know, that big streak across the sky well, no, it's success. Awesome, yeah. That's fantastic. And yeah. I'm always really inspired when there's people from our hometown, totally. who, yeah. you know, who take off like that. And then just getting to see what that looks like from, from the other side. And yeah. it's not even a wanting thing. It's just, I just love that that still does happen sometimes um, somewhere out there. Yeah. You know, maybe there is still a wizard. <laughs> But no, it is cool to watch it from the ground floor, kind of, you know, someone you know or you know tangentially that sort of yeah. you know, takes off. It's like, oh, cool. This is like, this guy was playing in someone's basement last last year, and now they're, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a probably, with them, or I jammed with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. To be perfectly honest, he'll probably still play in someone's basement well, for again. for sure, yeah. Because yeah. in, in music and in this this people business, there is no finish line. No. Like, it's not like you get to a certain level and now you're at a level. Yeah. Every, every show we've played has simply led us to the next show we're going to play. And I just want that to keep going forward. But, you know, I've, I've talked to people who have really gone to what you would consider to be the absolute top. Yeah. And they still come back to playing real-life shows for real-life humans. For sure. Um, in venues of all sizes. And so um, it sort of just changes what you think you're aiming at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there's no stopping point. Yeah, well, you know, with a new album, you do a lot of work, especially when you're self-managed and then yeah, self-run. Yeah. And, you know, at some point we were kind of looking at each other and then it goes, so when do you think we're done? I'm like, done what? Because then it's just you go the back next into one, the, yeah. the next thing. Yeah. You know, as soon as as soon as you've got a CD in your hand you just made, that the next day you'll write a song. I was so immediately, I was like, okay, the albums just got in. Like, we have them. Yeah. We can't sell them to anyone yet until you come to the CD release. Right, right. And then we can sell you one. Right. But like as soon as we had them, I was like immediately inspired, and melodies started coming again. And I was yeah. like, "This is that beautiful finality that comes with a project you worked really hard on, and then just like expanding forward." You've, you've documented it now, right? All that work, all those songs are now they exist in a physical form. It is real. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, the Stones are still playing. John Prime is still yeah, playing. Yeah, tons of people. Yeah. Still, yeah. Like you, 
you just keep doing it if it's what you like to do. And as long as you can sort of preserve yourself enough to want to keep doing it, that's yeah. all you need. Because, I mean, like, work is long, but pay is terrible. So just, like, <laughs> yeah. keep at it. Yeah. We have to love it, then, because if you pay is, like, you know, yeah. hard work, <laughs> little I mean, pay, lots of frustration, but, yeah. There's people who dabble, and then there's people, I think, who it's just a part of. Sure. Whether you're a listener or a player, but, like, if you're a music person, it's in you. Yeah, for sure, and you can't get rid of it, whether it's yeah. once or not. Yeah. yeah. So, have, oh, sorry, go ahead. You have the itch. You're yeah, stuck it's, with it's it. there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the album... What is the title again? I'm going to get the words in the wrong order. Selling Religion on Governments. Okay. Just keeping saying that as loud as you can in the Tim Hortons until just, someone comes up and is like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes out... October 4th on all platforms, October 3rd at the Park Theater. Okay. And you are going to be away from Winnipeg for a while with touring, but do you have any Winnipeg shows planned kind of in the relatively near future? Other than that? Nothing we've announced yet. We can't tell you yet. You can keep an eye on thenewcustoms.com. Okay. And there's probably things happening in the November, December area that we just can't talk about yet. There are definitely things happening that you will want to attend. Cool. After you come to our CD release, which is obviously everyone's top priority. The top priority. (laughs) For sure. It's going to be a really good time. Okay. And then the old stuff. uh, Is that still floating around out there? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All Walls Fall is the album before this. It's on, you know, again, Spotify and Apple Music and uh, available at live shows or just like. For purchase on our website. Shoot us an email or purchase on the website. Yeah. Cool. And then the website, I guess, is the best place to do all of that because you got the links to all of that. Yeah, so we have like a central hub and it's just super easy www.thenewcustoms.com. You have to put the the or you get a weird t shirt company out okay. of the US. They're I think very... I did get that actually yeah. when I was looking you guys up today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're the the. The but, the. Um, yeah. But not yeah. the the. Not the the. Yeah. Yeah. Just the new customs. The sure. the. <laughs> I will have the, the website link in the show notes so people can just click on that rather than try Perfect. to figure out what we're talking about here. Everyone's but, like, what, did they even know where their website was? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, people should definitely check that out. They should go to the show. Obviously, like you said, the live music, the, the people element of it is the most important part of what you're doing. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, hopefully on tour. I mean, just like people listening in Spain on to, to your stuff, people listen to this in all kinds of weird places too. So Perfect. maybe someone will find it and then go, you happen to be playing there the next month or something? Yeah, October and November, we're going across Western Canada, so Alberta and BC, uh, just to kind of bring the album to its uh, spiritual home, sure. if you will. And uh, then we're figuring out 2020. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's pretty soon. <laughs> it's it it's is. remarkably soon. We're doing a lot of booking right now. Right so on. it's pretty exciting. We look forward to announcing all those tour dates. Cool, cool. We'll and add it to our list on the website there. The good thing, yeah, they have really long list. The good thing about this being a podcast, too, is someone could find it at the beginning of 2020 or beyond, right? And then by then, maybe you have a bunch of new stuff announced. And yeah. You know what? I'm so new to podcasts just as a format. Yeah. I love it. It's great, I love yeah. going back and seeing what was happening for this person way back when. So I love the idea that someone will look back at this like years later and go, yeah. oh, i got to check that out. Yeah. Who are these guys? Or like, I saw this band. And they've been around this long? You know yeah. I think mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have a question. Sure, yeah, go for it. Which police radio? Yeah. Tell it's, me about the name. It's not really a good story. Um... When so I'm trying to think of the best way to, to quickly explain it because it could be, it could be go long. Um, I started. This is 2008 or 9. I was playing in a band called Dynamo. Do you know who Rob Crooks is? It's a local local rapper, singer, songwriter, producer. Anyway, I, I've been friends with him for since we were kids, and we had this group called Dynamo that played shows extremely sporadically. It was just us making weird little noises on synthesizers and things, and we recorded some stuff. And we needed, we, since we weren't playing shows, we didn't have anywhere to actually release it. So I was like, well, I'll make a blog site and we'll post it on there. And if someone wants to download it, they can download it. And one of the songs was called We Are the Witch Police, 
which didn't really mean anything. It was just a funny word that I had written down from someone saying it years earlier. And so the song was called We Are The Witch Police. And I had to name the stupid blog site. So I put witchpolice.blogspot.com. And then from there, I started thinking, well, hey, I have this thing now. I've been in all these bands over the years. I should just digitize the tapes and put them up there just so people can hear them if they want to. And then my friends started giving me stuff. And then I realized I have this big collection. So I started asking people, can I put your albums online? And then like, years after that, the podcast started. And that's sort of the focus now. But it's really just a reference to a dumb song from a band that never played shows, that no one heard. And I'm stuck with it now. But people remember it, I guess. It's, it's funky. Yeah, so I had no idea what it, what it, where it came from, yeah, but I, I needed to know. Sure, yeah. No. The New Customs is a reference to an Irish fiddle tune. Okay. Because we That's were a little bit more on brand, though. <laughs> but, but we were just, but again, not on purpose. But we sure. were just, again, desperate for a name and just found a tune. Yeah, yeah. Like, New Customs. And the tune's called the New Customs House. Okay. But I'm just like, New Customs. I like that. It doesn't Fits, mean yeah. anything. Yeah. But which police again? It, it's evocative, but it doesn't really it doesn't mean anything. It's <laughs> no deeper meaning whatsoever. It's one of my favorite names I've heard in a long oh, time. Oh, that's good. It's, Thank it's you. It's great. It's instantly evocative. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, once it started taking off, I kind of was thinking like, oh, I should have changed the name because it doesn't mean anything. But then now I kind of like it. I'm, I'm kind of happy with it. Wasn't called like the Winnipeg Music Show, or, you know, like yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it is that, but <laughs> no. and you can spell it. Yes. And that's important. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can spell it, yeah. People spell it in two words sometimes, but that's not really <laughs> a big deal, I guess. Right. The things you have to think about when you make a yeah. band names. And or any kind of name for anything. Yeah, yeah folks, yeah. if you're out there and you're considering a creative project, I yeah. encourage you to pick words people know in yes. spellings that only have one option. Yes, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so if people want to hear more episodes of this show, including some of those old ones, uh, you can go to witchpolice.com. It's all there for free download and streaming. This is episode 420-ish, I think. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of archive there. So, you know, if you were really bored, you can, <laughs> you can go back and find some Start at episode one. No, don't start at episode one. Up. Episode one is very bad. Episode one is start at the newest possible episode <laughs> and stay there. <laughs> that would be my advice. But, yeah, no, that's that, that's what I got for you. That's the podcast. So thanks a lot for, for meeting me at Tim Hortons. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for fun conversation. Us. Thanks. Yeah.
but I'd gone gray. Wishing for tomorrow, don't know wishing for yesterday. Time marches on, and in my case, left me behind. Now I'm looking at tattoos from the places I've been, and I'm looking at photos, and there's none that I'm in. Oh, live for today, and I promise tomorrow. Jason.